0: Hi, everybody. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. And today's issue is how to have a happy divorce. Yay, we're getting divorced. So is that love? Or is that (laughs) twisted? What is that?
1: Well, it's interesting, because a therapist once told me that the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. And that already always really stuck with me. Mm. Because it seems that sometimes these really bitter nasty divorces seem to be people that are so similar to one another they both have that same uh desire to fight that same desire to be right that same not willing to uh to to release themselves from a specific conflict so I, i do think that it sometimes it's a deep love and actually as a divorce lawyer sometimes you're looking at the case and go wow
0: you have problems she has answers Getting down to the nitty-gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Uh, When it comes to marriage, I think we've all heard the stats. You know, the divorce rate is still about 50%, and for second marriages, it's like 60%. Third, it's like 120, like guaranteed, Something depressing. And during this pandemic, those numbers might go even higher. The institution of marriage is not for everybody, nor should everybody marry. We all pretty much are in agreement with that, right? I sometimes question whether we should be married to one person our entire lives, right? Isn't that an interesting thought? I, like many women, used to think, you know, the the fairy tales, you know, and believe that we absolutely should just have one mate our whole lives. My parents met when they were 16. They were married at 19. They're still married. Um, But when you... You go through a divorce like I have and many of you listening probably have, especially after a long-term marriage. You know, you start to question things. At least I did. Whether you're married forever to one person or if you have several marriages or don't marry at all, there is no right or wrong. What is wrong is when a relationship is complete. I love that. My therapist once said it that it's not that it didn't work out. It's that your marriage is complete. The relationship's complete and somebody wants to end it. It, becomes so toxic it's battle royale. That's what's wrong. And when both of you try to hurt each other with words that you can't take back, or hire a pit bull lawyer, slimy person maybe, to really get back at your wife or husband, or make false claims in a police report, or when, you know, you put the kids in the middle and continue to bicker and fire fight, you know, and agree to absolutely nothing simply because, you know, you hate your ex and want him to have a miserable life because he left you or her, or cheated on you, or stopped loving you. That crap is toxic. Not to just your ex, soon-to-be ex, but to you and your children. Remember, what you put out on the world is what you get back, but it happens all the time because there are feelings involved. So many couples are like that. And when really was the last time you heard of a divorced couple who was actually getting along, who was working together on their kid issues, and maybe they actually want the best for the other person? It happens, but not often. I wanted that for my divorce. I had this fantasy. I'm like... I'm like, you know, you get a girlfriend and you come over for Thanksgiving and Kumbaya would be like the Brady Bunch. Uh, yeah, didn't happen. There's so much pain involved in divorce. But I'm here to tell you guys it is possible to have a happy divorce, or actually, we should change it to healthy divorce, and that's the podcast we're going to do today. It does sound like an oxymoron, you know, happy, healthy divorce, but we're going to talk to a top divorce lawyer who has seen the good, the bad, and the very ugly in couples who are ending one of the most sacred relationships they've ever had in their lives because if we what we put out in the universe, we get back. We sure as hell want to put out good, especially in a time of crisis. Today's guest is Amber Kornreich. She's a divorce attorney. She's super smart. She's high quality. She's a go-getter. Her father is a divorce attorney, too. He's been around for 120 years. Well, not that long. You know (laughs) what I mean? I always over-exaggerate. Anyway, and she also says that she was kind of born into this field. And interestingly enough, her own parents are divorced, and they had a really good relationship. Amber's intelligent. She's had a lot of education in family law, of course. But what stands out to me about her is the fact that she was awarded the most productive young lawyer of the year by the Florida Bar of Young Lawyers Division a few years ago. So that says a lot about her. And it's only given to one lawyer in the whole state of Florida per year. So she apparently has a great reputation for her legal abilities and for it, wait for it, her integrity. Imagine that. (laughs) So you need that in a lawyer and you need that in yourself when you're going through a divorce. Amber, welcome.
1: Hi, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Uh, This is such a great topic. Why do you think people fight so badly in a divorce?
1: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, blaming yourself for the failure of the marriage I think uh, a lot of people have a hard time letting go, and uh, they feel this tremendous guilt about the failure of the breakup. Um, and they feel they don't have a, uh, instead of viewing it in a positive way, they have frustration, resentment, and the only way they can think to let it go is uh, to have a really nasty divorce. So you
0: say they blame themselves, but rarely do- do people realize that's what they're doing? You know, it's always like that SOB, you know, that witch. So tell me more about that.
1: How- yeah. Well, so I think that a lot of what's happening during a d- divorce is frustration about why the marriage didn't work. F- a feeling that they, the people couldn't connect, that they couldn't make the life that they had dreamed of. No two divorces are the same. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to generalize why... Uh, why every person acts a certain way in a divorce. I would say it's a case-by-case basis. Um, Sometimes it's out of wanting to punish the other person. Um, Sometimes it's uh, a feeling that they want to uh, blame someone else for the breakdown of the relationship.
0: The reason why I asked you that question was because in my years of uh, self-discovery and therapy myself, I you know there's belief that when we blame somebody we're really subconsciously blaming ourselves, so it sound like sounded like you knew that already, so when we're attacking our soon to be ex it's really maybe underlying guilt when we're feeling guilty ourselves about our own failure and not even knowing it
1: yeah absolutely i think I think that, and I think that uh, a lot of people just have dysfunctional relationships, and the way that they hold on to that. Uh, failed relationship is by fighting through lawyers and by uh, having a really nasty experience
0: i i read somewhere that if how how your marriage was is how your divorce is going to be so like if you had a toxic in general relationship uh, marriage your divorce will be just Twice as toxic. Do you
1: find that to be true or no? I think that that is definitely true. And a lot of times the red flags are already there during the relationship. Mm -hmm. That person is already mean, nasty, um, doesn't fight fair. And so if that's the person you're with, you can't expect them to be any different when you're getting divorced. Right. Um,
0: How is it possible? Well, actually, before we get to the good stuff. Can you give me, um, obviously you're not going to use names or anything, but can you give me an example of some of the really gross, nasty things you've seen in couples?
1: Well, uh, I'm doing one case that's a pretty unique case because the people got divorced, then they got remarried, and then they got divorced again. And... They have. They seem to have a divorce that never ends. They've brought in their children, they've brought in their parents, and it seems like they just want to, each person wants to prove that they're the ones who was telling the truth the whole marriage, that they were the honest one. Um, and so I think that uh, some matters just get unnecessarily complicated because people just don't want to let go.
0: Oh, so that's it. So while it looks like this couple is saying, I'm right. I'm truthful. You're, I'm here to prove you wrong. Really, you're saying that they're saying, I just want to stay connected. Even this is, even though it's a negative connection. Absolutely. Hmm. Deep stuff. So is that love or is that (laughs) twisted? What is that?
1: Well, it's interesting because a therapist once told me that the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. And that already right, always really stuck with me mm. because it seems that. Sometimes these really bitter, nasty divorces seem to be people that are so similar to one another. They both have that same uh, desire to fight, that same desire to be right, that same not willing to uh, to, to release themselves from a specific conflict. So I, I do think that it sometimes it's a deep love. And actually, as a divorce lawyer, sometimes you're looking at the case, you go, wow, I, I wish these people could just figure out a way to make it work, because I can't imagine two people people being so similar on the planet they really found each other
0: oh wow so does that ever happen has that ever happened in your work
1: actually yes sometimes we will uh be doing a case and towards the end of the case after the people have really duked it out and they've bloodied one another they decide (laughs) they want to reconcile
0: Wow. Is that a low percentage? I would
1: imagine? <laughs> it's, it's a low percentage. But uh, of those, you know, I think some people uh, consider the financial cost mm. of the divorce. and They say, hey, it's actually cheaper to stay together. Or after uh, they've had this long drawn out battle, they actually come together with a mutual hatred for their lawyers and professionals. <laughs> That's
0: funny. You gotta hate somebody.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so they say, you know what, it wasn't really us that was the problem. It was the fact that we put all these other people in our way. And those were the people who really intensified our fight and made us hate each other.
0: Well, let's get to the good stuff. How is it possible to have a happy divorce?
1: Well, I think the most important thing is to change your attitude about divorce. It's important that instead of blaming yourself, that you take this uh, perspective that a divorce is not death, it's really a rebirth. And divorce can be a catalyst for change. It can be an opportunity to look at yourself, to figure out how your next chapter could be more positive, more happy. So I think it's it's really a lot about the mindset. You know, people come in and they're so down and devastated uh, about having to go to a divorce lawyer. But what they don't realize is this sometimes is the beginning of a fresh new chapter that is happiness beyond anything they could have imagined in the previous chapter.
0: So change your attitude, look at yourself. Um, what are some other tips about how how to have a happy divorce or a healthy divorce or healthy relationship with your ex when, you know, I mean, divorce is painful, even if you both agree on it, it's the ending, again, like I said, in the beginning of this recording, of one of the most sacred relationships you've ever had in your life. and. I don't know, I think it's normal to have at least some sadness, even if there's no deep um, scars. So how can you have a healthy relationship with your ex, you know, which when you Maybe want to scratch his eyes out.
1: <laughs> well, the first thing is you got to give your relationship uh, some time to grieve. You can't expect to be best friends the day after uh, you know the divorce is over. People have to give each other a little space. Uh, another thing that I think is really important is seeking a therapist getting a counselor, working through some of those emotions uh, on your own end, your resentment, your anger, your frustration, working with someone who can help you understand why you're feeling these things and uh, help you redirect those emotions so that every time you're communicating with your ex-spouse, you're not dishing all of that onto them.
0: How can you do that when, that those are great tips, um, you're really talking about Take responsibility for for your end and all this, but how can you do that when you have two things going on? Which happens frequently. You have an attorney who might be prodding you because that's nothing against you, Amber. But the business <laughs> the business is what it is, right? Yeah, we're, I'm going to win. Or, you know, we're we're going to get something. Um, so you maybe have somebody instigating you, and then you might have your ex, soon to be ex, instigating as well by. You know, bringing up old, past, nasty, oh, there you go, and that's what you do. Oh, yeah, remember that time? I I mean, I'm giving some generic examples, but how do you remain in that healthy space when you have those two adversaries maybe coming at you?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I would say that you should really minimize your contact until you're feeling uh, in a space strong enough to either forgive your spouse or when you're not feeling all that vitriol every time uh, you think of that person. And one technique that a a former client shared with me that always stuck with me as a really great thing is to let out all of those horrible things, all of those epithets, all of that nastiness that you want to say to your partner, and to actually write it into an email or write it into a notebook. And instead of sending it to that person, either save it, send it to a close friend or send it to yourself. Sometimes... Letting, uh, allowing yourself to feel those 100%. negative emotions. Yeah. Be angry. Yeah. It's okay to be angry. And it's fact, it's normal. So, um, I think having a way that you can express those things in a healthy way and not directing it at your ex, because unfortunately, as soon as you send that nasty email, you're inviting a nasty one back and then you're off to the races.
0: Right, but your ego at the time feels so good because you're like you son of a.
1: Yeah, well, that's why you need friends and you need a support system. You have to rely on your friends and family, but
0: a good support system. Let me just interrupt because there are some friends from my own experience. Oh yeah, because they love you, right? They don't realize it, but they're adding fuel to the fire. Wow, I can't believe that. Oh, you know, it's nice to be validated, but you want healthy. Support system, right? You don't want anybody. Some people subconsciously get joy out of, you know, conflict.
1: (laughs) Well, you're definitely right about that. So you got to know your friends and you got to know your family. And the thing is that everyone thinks they're a divorce lawyer. So anyone who's (laughs) been divorced has their own story and has their own theory. You should do it this way. You should do a mediation. You shouldn't do a mediation. You should have a lawyer. You shouldn't have a lawyer. So you really shouldn't rely on those friends for your advice on how to handle your divorce, but more for support, because nobody can go through this alone. And when you're feeling down in the dumps, and you're feeling alone, you need to have somebody that you can call on. But that is not a substitute for a therapist, because I have a lot of clients that I know drive their friends absolutely insane by calling them every single day, Mm -hmm. telling them every last detail about the divorce. You shouldn't do that either. But
0: yeah, it's heavy stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that's why there's professionals right therapy 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 what are the most common complaints you hear from women and common complaints you hear from men going through a divorce
1: i would say you know not to sound too much like a uh like an old good housekeeping magazine, but from the men, you often hear this complaint that, um, my spouse is not interested in my career, is not interested in what I do. And I feel like I don't have a partner. I feel like I'm just, you know, working, grinding, and that person isn't sharing, uh, my struggles with me. That's some, something I hear in a lot of the long-term type relationships. I think mm-hmm. on the, on the, um, on the woman's end, it can really run the gamut of a lot of things. Of course, uh, infidelity is always unacceptable, and really, it's almost impossible to recover from. Not mm-hmm. that some people don't, mm-hmm. um, but I think uh, I think on both ends, this feeling of not being heard or letting problems for many many years fester. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, you would be surprised, but some people don't have a physical relationship with each other for years and years at a time before they go and visit a divorce lawyer. So Mm. needless to say, that's a problem. You have to be physically connected. You have to be emotionally connected. You need to communicate with one another when when the issues arise you shouldn't wait 6 months bef- you know and and allow all of this negativity to to bubble up because mm-hmm. i i feel unfortunately by the time many people arrive at the divorce lawyer's office their problems have been going on for so so long that it makes it almost impossible to turn the clock and well, go Oh yeah, back.
0: that's why they're seeing you. <laughs> exactly. Um, um what can can you describe the type of client who comes in your office? And you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be battle royale (laughs) versus the client when you think, okay, this might actually be a healthy
1: divorce. Well, I think one thing is about being flexible in your expectations, because some people walk into a divorce lawyer's office and they said, okay, my best friend or my cousin, whatever, got $10,000 a month, got this deal, and they're always with their kids, and they get to make all the decisions Mm -hmm. about the school and the medical, and that's what I want and I am willing to fight to get it. So if he doesn't want to do that, I'm going to take him to court. So if you come in with that attitude that I want to litigate, and this is the only result that I think is going to be acceptable, you're almost sure to have a bad divorce. So I think one thing is accepting you're not a divorce lawyer, you really don't know how this is all going to pan out, and being a little flexible because everybody's case turns out differently. Um, so, that's one thing. The person who often is going to have a good divorce is a person says, I don't want to fight. Mm-hmm. For the sake of my children, I would really like to have a positive relationship with this person. Our relationship hasn't worked out for XYZ reason, but I'm seeking therapy. I understand it. I know that in some way, I may have ha- played a role in why this relationship didn't work um, and most importantly they're open to taking advice and they're open to the process um, it doesn't mean that every day of your divorce is going to be happy or that every day is going to feel like you're making you're moving forward but you have to be open to it and you can't be so rigid in how you want life to be post-divorce because but I
0: think people might be rigid because they're hurt
1: Absolutely. And, and that's a normal thing, but that's why it's so important to work with a therapist and work with a professional who can guide you through um, and to keep an open mind.
0: Do you think that the client who does not seek therapy is ever going to change? You know, they come into your office and like, I'm going to really get her. I'm going to, you know, none of this was my fault and she cheated and that's bullshit. And I want to see my kids and I want to give two cents and and I don't need therapy because she's the problem.
1: Yeah, and there's certainly people like that out there. And most of those people have really bad divorces. Sometimes they even have multiple lawyers. And it's no mystery that sometimes that's the type of person whose relationship fails, because that personality is part of what causes the relationship to break down. That not being willing to negotiate, not willing to see things the other person's perspective, not being understanding, not being compassionate. So, yeah, there are certainly those people, and they're not always savable.
0: How can people stay, couples, stay peaceful, um, especially after one of them moves on to another relationship, let's say, and this is post-divorce. I see that happen frequently. You know, there's always one person, it seems like, who's more hurt than the other, and <clears throat> somebody moves on dating or whatever, posting pictures, um, yeah. you know, and then that can trigger the ex-spouse how can how can people handle that
1: well i think time heals all wounds so It's very important to take that distance and take that time and minimize that communication. If you are feeling, if you're the person who's really feeling that hurt and feeling that trauma, there's no reason that you need to be best friends with your spouse. Besides for necessary communications relating to your children, which of course, you know, we got to be doing something at the school or there's a medical issue. I can't really see a compelling reason why people who are divorced need to be in such close close contact. So I would say that that's a really important step to take if you are feeling hurt is minimize your exposure. You don't need to be seeing your ex spouse and going to the same restaurants that they're going to and checking out their Facebook page. Maybe you shouldn't even be following them on social media. It's only going to bring you negative emotions. Um, so if you're in a place that you can't feel happy for your spouse you should really minimize your contact with them
0: and what do you do what, what is your advice to those people who um let's say the shoes on the other foot and you know it's post divorce and you want to have a healthy relationship but yet somebody's coming after you with a what do they call that post judgment stuff whatever <laughs> yeah. lawyer talk let's say you know, I want to change because I'm hurt you know you've moved on or whatever the motivation is but I want to change our I don't know Custody. Yeah, I guess sort I of have to deal with children or mainly. Or I could deal or with money. finances sometimes.
1: Right. Well, you know, the most important thing is to engage a professional, especially if there's any, um, litigation. You need to speak with a lawyer who can help you look at the paperwork, determine does that other person really have, um, you know, a viable case. Uh, and hopefully many of these issues should be resolved in a mediated settlement, in a mediated, uh, setting. An alternative dis- using alternative dispute resolution is usually the best way cheaper. to resolve these issues. Mm-hmm. It's cheaper, it's confidential, uh and it it's it lowers the volume. Going re- going back to court as you could say uh is only is guaranteed way to just intensify those negative feelings uh between one another.
0: So just to reiterate, uh, the top, you you basically gave us seven great pieces of advice on how to have a happy divorce, healthy divorce as well. Number one, change your attitude, look at yourself, take ownership of what you did in the relationship, even if your ex cheated and you didn't. uh, Obviously that your ex was wrong too, but what can you, maybe your, um, what you brought to the relationship wasn't as glaring as infidelity, but look at yourself Number two, uh, Amber says, give yourself time to grieve, which is really important. Um, Number three, seek therapy. Highlight, (laughs) seek therapy, (laughs) seek therapy. Four, minimize contact. And, And, you know, and that's hard for a lot of people who, you know, our ego is wounded, you know. We don't realize we're texting in anger, but we're also you know not, not minimizing contact with constant contact number five you say let out your anger writing screaming yelling whatever i like boxing um six uh you know have a good support system friends who will listen but don't put too much on them because that's what your therapist is for and number seven amber's tip is be flexible about your expectations um i would say even even after divorce be flexible be flexible you know don't go in there i'm gonna win i'm gonna win Maybe have the mindset that I'm going to be peaceful. What is your best advice for life? If you could just say it in a sentence on how to have a happy divorce.
1: Well, I could be biased on this one, but the most important thing is to engage a professional. You should get with a lawyer who understands your goals, who understands you, and who also mirrors your personality. Because if you're looking to have a peaceful divorce, then you should engage a lawyer who's capable of having a peaceful case. You know, you should know Mm. when you go and interview a lawyer, you know that person's reputation. You know, some people are out there on the street asking, saying, I want to find the nastiest, most aggressive Divorce lawyer. I hear that a lot. (laughs) So, if that's the office you walk into, then that's the expectation you have. So, it's not to say that a lawyer is incapable of doing a little bit of both, but I do think it's important to find someone who is simpatico with your goals and with your personality.
0: Amen. If you want to get in contact with Amber, you can reach her by email at amber at cornreichlaw.com. That's K O R N R E I C H law.com. Uh, she's also on LinkedIn, or if you happen to have a pen, which I know most of you <laughs> don't have, have walk around pen and paper, but it's 305 579 9111. She's also on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for coming. And I wish everybody who unfortunately, well, no who, whose relationship is complete, a happy ending. happy divorce. Thank you, Amber. Thank you, Lynn. A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on adviceforlifewithlynn.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free email. You'll be the first to get my weekly blog on how to live consciously and peacefully. You'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways that they can help the Advice for Life with Lynn followers. So reach out maybe if you think you've got something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think. So tell me how I'm doing. I want your thoughts. The links are in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast. So your shares, your subscribes and reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and they help us reach more people. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.